I wish each and every one of you a blessed new year. 2024 is upon us. We have entered into a new year. The old year is past, but this new year we look ahead and we look with great, great fear at what is to transpire, we fear. We begin then this new year with a solemn illustration. Recently, a U.S. Congresswoman was assigned the solemn task to lead the Congressional Day of Prayer for America, to lead our nation in praying and supplication and pleading, pleading for God to bless America again and to send America a badly needed national repentance. Oh, a congressional prayer breakfast of all of our national leaders sounds so good. The words were so solemn, so well-spoken, so meaningful. Yes, the songs were sung with such enthusiasm, and there was an earnest pleading with the Lord of heaven and earth to send repentance to America. Yes, many of America's highest leaders and congressmen were in attendance, gathered together to beg God to send repentance to America to correct America's destructive path of sin that we have been on in this generation and in 2023. <clears throat> but, <coughs> but before she prayed for the nation, this congresswoman gleefully revealed to all that she was living currently in an adulterous, fornicational relationship that morning with her boyfriend, and that was why she was almost late. Oh, all the audience, instead of seeing the error, laughed lustily, and they were titillated uproariously at her vile sexual joke and her shameless confession of fornication just before she prays to God. Oh, then when the laughter and the clapping quieted down, then she went to earnest prayer to Jehovah, begging, imploring, beseeching God to send repentance to America. Oh, her prayer for national repentance and spiritual healing was long as she begged God over and over uh, to send repentance, send reform, restore his grace and truth again, that America may be blessed. <clears throat> but think about that. This person was assigned to lead the nation in prayer, confessing and enjoying the hypocrisy that she lived in. Oh, that very repentance that she was praying for was herself sinning willfully. She could stand for no one and certainly not the nation. Oh, America is so far gone, sunk so low into sin that the whole national prayer meeting group saw nothing wrong and actually rejoiced and clapped, thinking that here they were successfully presenting America before the Lord in sincere prayer. Oh, nothing, nothing could have been further from the truth. That prayer, that national prayer, was in-your-face hypocrisy to God an outrageous, blasphemous prayer of being engaged in the very sins that she was praying against, that she was willfully leading America and Christendom into duplicating her sinful behavior. Oh, what a disaster was the national prayer meeting. 
Oh, what a sinful request. What a vile picture that epitomizes so much of where America and Christendom are at today. A nation praying to God deceitfully while gleefully waddling with gusto in the mud and the filth and the slime of open, willful, blatant sin. Oh, God says in Psalm 5, verse 9, For as there is no faithfulness in their mouths, their inward parts is very wickedness, their throat is an open sepulchre, they flatter with their tongues. And further in Proverbs 30, verse 20, God says, Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. I can pray to God in my wickedness. Oh, how true it is what the Lord says of all hypocrites, of all who especially practice spiritual hypocrisy with their mouths. Oh, God says, they praise me with their mouths. With their tongues they sing of my glory. But, but their hearts are far, far from me. Oh, we must always remember in 2024, God insists upon having 100% of the heart, mind, body, soul, and strength of every one of his children. Yes, each and every one dedicated 100% solely to him. Or, or, he will have nothing of you at all. Nothing, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. Hypocrisy does not stand before God. There are no hypocrites in heaven. Certainly this woman's hypocritical prayer reached no higher than the ceiling of that room. She would have been far, far wiser to have saved her breath and sincerely repented of her open sin first before trying to lead the whole nation in prayer. No, all prayer is not prayer. All Christians are not Christians. All saints are not saints. For we read in the Bible there was both the foolish and the wise virgins. Yes, God judges the heart, not the mouth. Yes, in every church there are four different kinds of faith. In every church, three of them which are false, and unless they are repented of, shall also end in hell. Yes, God takes very seriously truth from the inward parts. <coughs> Now, 600 years before Christ, we see a similar hypocritical prayer for repentance and revival from hypocrisy, a revival from uh, the terrible judgments God was sending upon Israel. Yes, a terrible, bloody, and cruel war was being raged upon the children of Israel by King Nebuchadnezzar, and their armies were no match for the Babylonian strength. Israel was being defeated, pushed back, and defeated at every turn. The war had been going on already, already ten more long, weary years. Israel didn't know what to do anymore. Didn't know how to stop this cruel king. Every resource, every effort, every strength was exhausted. And nothing seemed to be able to stop Nebuchadnezzar from 
conquering more and more of Israel. Yes, Jerusalem itself and the temple were ready to be destroyed. In history, it was the year 598 BC, and now only a very small area around Jerusalem was still unconquered by the Babylonians. And now in their great distress, Israel cries out to God, bitterly complaining at the great injustice they thought he was giving them, that they were experiencing from the Lord's hand. They said in their hypocritical prayer, Look, Lord, we are God's children. We are holy people. He has brought us into this promised land so wonderfully. Look, Lord, we have thy word. We have the temple. We have the daily morning and evening sacrifice of animals that point to the Messiah to come. We have everything of God. Why wilt thou not hear us? Oh, God has even promised his church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church. But look, Lord, at what is happening to us. Despite our being faithful, despite doing all the good things from our good heart for Jehovah, he is not favoring us. We are about to be destroyed. We cannot understand, Lord, how it is that this wicked heathen King Nebuchadnezzar seems to be more blessed, more favored than us who are such good Christian people. And we cannot seem to defeat this awful heathen. How can this be that God does not favor us and smite King Nebuchadnezzar and his army? Lord, we are good Christians with good hearts who want to serve the Lord. What? What is going wrong? What can we do differently? What must we do, Lord? <coughs> so similar to what we are living in today in Christendom. Israel's king at that time was Jehoiakim, the oldest son of the godly King Josiah, who had been good, who had led the nation into repentance 30 years earlier with Jeremiah. Surely Israel's desperate answer would be shown to King Josiah's oldest son, Jehoiakim. But Jehoiakim was an evil king. And then that evil king, masquerading as a Christian, Jehoiakim, after consulting with the temple priest, said, I know, I know what we must do. My father held a great Christian revival. And then when the nation repented, Jehovah gave Israel great victories. Yes, Christians, we Christians and Israel have not had a national day of prayer for many years. We haven't called the whole nation together to fast before the Lord, praying for him to favor Israel and to give us repentance before him, praying to save us and to smite the heathen Babylonians. <clears throat> oh, Jehoiakim said, <clears throat> this wicked Christian leader, I will imitate my father, Josiah, and will proclaim a great day of repentance and fasting 
so that Israel as a whole nation may come together at God's temple in Jerusalem. And there, as a nation, we may humbly beseech God to answer our prayers. Yes, we will have King Jehoiakim speak. We will have the high priest Hananiah speak and preach a good sermon on repentance. <clears throat> yes, the priests will sacrifice hundreds of sheep on the temple altar that the smell of blood sacrifice may rise up to God as a sweet-smelling savor. Yes, we will sing the old psalms mightily unto the Lord, and then, then he will surely bless us, and we will defeat Babylon. Yes, then the Lord will bless us as in the ancient days. Yes, this Christian King Jehoiakim enthusiastically sent out letters and announcements to all the people of Israel, blowing the trumpet, calling all the people of the nation to days of repentance at the temple, to call upon the Lord at Jerusalem with fasting, with repentance, with prayer. Oh, Jehoiakim said, then the Lord will bless us for sure, just like he blessed my father. Oh, this wretched, hypocritical Christian king was blind to the fact that his father was blessed because he was a sincere Christian, because he obeyed all of Scripture, because he sincerely repented and led Israel's Christian church into true repentance. Yes, because Josiah corrected his sin according to God's word. What king, what wicked king Jehoiakim was doing with his counterfeit revival was blatant blasphemy, hypocritically asking God to bless their corrupt Christianity, their willful sin of where they had broken God's word time and again. They stubbornly refused to change from their sins and ask God to bless them. <coughs> oh, Jehoiakim preached a great sermon, and Hananiah preached a great sermon, but it was in vain. They preached it hypocritically, waddling in their sins, just like that congressman preached and led the nation into prayer a few weeks ago. God was not there. God saw what they were doing. And King Jehoiakim had three more months to live before he was killed, cut into pieces, and thrown over the wall to the Babylonians, who buried him with the same dignity they would bury a donkey. Hananiah, that high priest who preached such a great sermon, the highest spiritual leader of the nation. <clears throat> Jeremiah confronted him and said, Hananiah, you are preaching rebellion. You are preaching rebellion against Jehovah in your sins asking God to bless your sins. Before this year is done, you will die, Hananiah. So both of those propagators of that great counterfeit revival in 598 B.C. sounded so good on the outside for what could possibly be wrong with a national day of prayer 
fasting and repentance, begging God for a national revival from their sins. Oh, what could be wrong with that? <clears throat> oh, then it is easy to say everything, <clears throat> absolutely everything. The nation did not repent, want to repent of their sins. They wanted to keep on going on with their sins. And they wanted God to bless their sins. Oh, their sin was the exact cause of why King Nebuchadnezzar was conquering them. God had specifically sent and commissioned Nebuchadnezzar to come and to punish his corrupt Christian church in Israel, who was praying for a revival. When they wanted no revival, but wanted to continue living in their sins. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar was the good guy. The counterfeit Christian church led by Jehoiakim and Hananiah of Israel were the bad guys, the bad people. Yes, God had sent Nebuchadnezzar against them while they are praying for their repentance so hypocritically. <clears throat> also, Israel had forgot to invite to their national repentance meeting two critical elements of the revival. They had forgot to invite God's word, and they had forgot to invite God's prophet, Jeremiah, who taught them God's word at that time. No, no, actually they hadn't forgotten. Israel fully intended that neither one of those would attend their revival. They did not want God's word. They did not want Jeremiah who was preaching God's word. They wanted their word, their sin. For Israel's Christian church had become so corrupt at that time, so indoctrinated with sin and idolatry that violated God's word that God was done with them. God would not even hear their prayers anymore, for God was busy destroying their corrupt Christianity for the 18th time in history. Yes, count them, 18 times. And Jehoiakim and the high priest Hananiah led the rebellion against God thinking they were pleasing God because they had apostatized from God and his word. God was destroying them. Nebuchadnezzar was undefeatable because the nation refused to repent. Yes, the really truly guilty ones, the counterfeit Christians of Israel, were piously calling for a revival while they are openly sinning <clears throat> and asking God to put his stamp of approval upon their sins. <clears throat> no, in reality, in their application of God's word to their life, they wanted nothing to do with Jehovah's word. They wanted to mix God's word with Baal and all kinds of physical idols of that day. Yes, if you don't believe me, Ezekiel talks about a, he saw a physical statue of the idol Baal stood inside of God's holy temple. <clears throat> yes, Ezekiel even tells us, <clears throat> that all forms of idolatry and symbols were painted on the walls inside the temple. 
and that many, most of the 30,000 priests assigned to worship God in the temple of the tribe of Levi, instead worshiped idols and even the sun. Yes, the high priest Hananiah and King Jehoiakim were the worst of the worst trying to lead the nation into repentance when they wanted no true repentance at all, but God to put a stamp of approval upon their sin. Oh, ask yourself, why? Why would Jehovah be pleased with Israel's day of revival in prayer, fasting, and repentance when his corrupt Christian church with all of their leaders, had long ago forsaken God. Oh, it is no different today. We have many calls for revival, but we refuse to repent of the very obvious 29 ways that we have departed as Christendom from Scripture today. No, they, like we, imagine that they could convince God to put his stamp of approval on all of our sins, of all of our idolatry, of all of our disobedience, of all of our breaking of the Ten Commandments. Yes, despising all the things that God loves, loving all the things that God hates, and then pray for revival. Oh, God says what you sow, you shall reap. Repent, repent first, and then, then I will bless you. God says in the moment that you repent, in that moment I will send repentance. Yes, no matter how far we are away from God, in this 32nd time of apostasy which we have today, we are one step away from repentance, bowing before God and saying, Not my way, Lord, not my way, not my sins, but thy holiness let me worship. Now, the second person, they, Jehoiakim and Hananiah, didn't invite to the revival was God's prophet, Jeremiah whom God had sent to warn and to chastise Israel, to stop from their sinning, to stop from their abandonment of God's word, to return to God again. Oh, no, they didn't invite Jeremiah, the prophet. No, the corrupt Christian church hated Jeremiah. So much hate that they were threatening him with death if he showed up, or prison if they could find him. Jeremiah had to hide from this counterfeit Israel revival meeting of prayer, fasting, and repentance because they planned to kill him because he told them and preached them God's true word. No, Israel did not want to hear from God, from his word, and from his prophet Jeremiah. Oh, how they hated that religion. But nevertheless, God directed it so that this revival meeting did hear from him, did hear from Jeremiah, even though Jeremiah was hidden because they planned to kill him, hidden in fear of his life. Oh, God told Jeremiah and inspired him to write the book of Jeremiah that he then had his servant read before the people standing at the temple door in the midst of the revival. Yes, that day, all the people gathered together for their counterfeit revival did hear 
the true revival, the word of God read to them from, from God through his prophet Jeremiah. Yes, they did hear, even though they didn't want to. Yes, King Jehoiakim and the wicked temple priests were very, very angry that Jeremiah's words, Jeremiah's sermon, preaching God's word, had indeed reached his people again in their counterfeit Christian revival. Oh, how they hated Jeremiah, who they reprimanded constantly, threatened to kill, so that he was hiding. Yes, now Jeremiah's words do reach the king in his king's chambers. Jehoiakim ends up reading those words himself. For our scripture reading this morning, we will look at his awful reaction to hearing God's word preached to him. Oh, come, let us bow in the dust and hear God's word intended for us today. For we are living in a very similar time of counterfeit Christian revivals, so similar to the 31 times God has destroyed his church because they have abandoned his word. <clears throat> oh, today then we will see out of Jeremiah 36 verse 9, Jehoiakim's reaction when he does hear the word of God in his kingly palace. Hear the word of God, Jeremiah 36, verse 9. And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord of all the people in Jerusalem and to all the people that came from the cities of Judah unto Jerusalem. Then read Barak in the book of the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of Jeremiah, the son of Zaphon, the scribe, in the higher court, at the entrance to the new gate of the Lord's house, in all, in the ears of all the people. Oh, do you hear it? In the ears of all the people, God's word was read. Jeremiah's warning was read to this counterfeit Christian revival. <coughs> and now in verse 16, it came to pass when the, they, the princes, had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and another, and they said unto Barak, we will surely tell the king of all these words. And down to verse 22. Now the king Jehoiakim sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass when Jehudai had read these three or four leaves, <coughs> Jehoiakim cut with the penknife, and cast those pages into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid, nor rent their garments, neither the king nor any of his servants had heard all these words from God's word from Jeremiah's pen, they were not afraid. They continued on in their stubborn, counterfeit Christian revival, imagining they were pleasing God, imagining that God would put his stamp of approval upon their sin. 
Oh, horrible, horrible sin going on also today where we are in the midst of the 32nd departure where God is destroying his Christian church today. And you can see that in the 29 obvious ways we have preached on that we have abandoned God's word. What business do we have of asking for God to put a stamp of approval by calling for revivals today without repentance? Yes, Jehoiakim burned up the Bible. He cut page after page out, and he burned it up <coughs> with the intent <coughs> that it would never, never be heard again. Printing was a hard thing to do in that day. And he reasoned that it would be impossible to have Jeremiah print that same word again. But God inspired Jeremiah to rewrite it and even added to the condemnation. Jehoiakim did not know he was dealing with Almighty God. He imagined he was king when he had burned up all the pages. Page after page he tossed into the open fire with brazen hypocrisy, with a hardened conscience. He said, I am still king. My repentance my revival will go on. Yes, Jehoiakim tried to burn everything of God's word so that he could continue Israel's abandonment of his word and to continue the syncretic mixture of Jehovah and Baal. Oh, perhaps you say, Oh, what an awful man that King Jehoiakim was. What an awful man that leader of Christendom, Hananiah, was. Oh, if I would have been there, I would have never done that. To rip pages out of the Bible and then to burn them in the fire. Oh, I would have never, never done that. Oh, think about it. Sadly, tragically, any Christian who says that they do not believe this page of the Bible or that doctrine of the Bible today is burning that page of the Bible. Oh, awful sin. Who can comprehend it? Let me say it again. When a Christian in our day, and clearly it is documented in all the research of this last century, that 90 or more percent of Christendom does not believe in the full efficacy of the, the Bible, the full inerrancy of the Bible. 90% of Christendom today do we need to wonder why God is destroying us for the 32nd time? For when we do not believe a page or a doctrine of the Bible, sadly, then we can have Christian church revivals over and over again proclaimed in our day. <clears throat> as long as we follow those same 29 obvious departures, from scripture, then we too are actually cutting out that page of the Bible that we don't believe. We too are burning up the pages of the Bible instead of listening to it and obeying its warnings and to repent and humbly obey God's word. Oh, have you thought about that? When you say, I don't believe this part of the Bible, I don't believe that doctrine of the Bible, I don't believe this or that of the Bible, 
You are no different than King Jehoiakim and the high priest Hananiah. You are an enemy of the Bible when you burn the Bible, when you cut out of the Bible. But it is rampant today. Don't take my word for it. Dr. Barna and thousands of researchers have documented our declension from Bible believing. Yes, Dr. Barna says so accurately, Christendom today is rotting from the inside. That's what 90% of Christendom today not believing in the full inerrancy of the Bible are doing, cutting pages out, burning them in the fire. Oh yes, we are far worse than King Jehoiakim who stubbornly rebelled against sincerely applying God's word as it is intended in its meaning and in its truth. Choosing rather to pervert God's word, as we said, in 29 open, obvious, blatant ways. That's far worse. Because we in Christendom today have the full word of God, whereas Israel had less than half of the Bible. Oh, judgment begins at the house of Israel. For when a Christian sins, it is far worse than when a heathen sins. Yes, zillions of times worse. Yes, that's zillions with a Z. <clears throat> oh, yes, when we in this modern generation today, which God is destroying for the 32nd time, just look around. When we are cutting pages out of the Bible, saying, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, I don't believe that, that's burning them in the fire far, far worse than King Jehoiakim and the prophet Hananiah and the high priest Hananiah. Oh, Jeremiah's words come to you. Oh, of the 250,000 Protestant pulpits in America who are not preaching the full word of God when you allow and preach for some part of the Bible not to be, be believed in its full inerrancy, oh, then you must one day hear the words of Jeremiah, Hananiah, you shall die. And Hananiah did. Oh, be careful. Be careful with cutting pages out of the Bible with your unbelief. Burning them in the fire saying, I don't want that doctrine. I don't want that doctrine. Oh, be made aware. You shall never enter heaven. You shall hear God's mouth at the closed gate of heaven. Depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, cutting pages out of my Bible, burning pages out of my Bible. What could you have been thinking? Oh, if somehow you could get into heaven, you wouldn't enjoy it. For there is perfect obedience, unconditional obedience, perfect obedience. There is no burning the Bible in heaven. There is no cutting out the pages of the doctrines you don't want to obey in heaven. No such people, I must say it with tears, with sadness, with grief, will never, never, never enter heaven. Not my word. God says that. 
Yes, in counterfeit revivals, counterfeit Christian revivals, earnest prayers may be made, but the great difference is how that spiritual revival is done, who we worship, how we approach God, that we follow his word and pray for what God desires. Yes, Christians should be praying on earth that God not be offended, should be praying for the same things that please God. And I don't have to tell you that cutting out pages of the Bible and burning pages of the Bible of doctrines you don't want to believe does not please God. Oh, what you sow, you shall certainly reap. Oh, Israel was blind to that 31 times in history. We are blind to it today, the 32nd time. And yes, all of our godly forefathers would, would thunder in horror if they could see and come up back alive what we in Christendom have done to the doctrines they fought for, that they installed in their churches, that we are, that they were willing to die for, that we are ripping out of the Bible and burning in the fire. Oh, if our godly forefathers would be angry, oh, then think what the Lord sitting upon the throne of heaven is hyper exceedingly angry at Christendom today, ripping out the pages, burning the Bible of his precious doctrines. Yes, God is angry at his Christian church, of Israel in Jeremiah's day, in Josiah's, in <clears throat> Hosea's day that we preached on yesterday. Yes, he is angry for these many years, this century. As a nation, we have boldly forsaken him, his word, his law, and his gospel, and willfully openly, blatantly, sinfully, syncratically mixed heathenism with Christianity, which automatically produces the worst kind of religion in the world. Yes, judgment begins at the house of Israel, and God punishes sinful Christians far, far more than sinful heathens who never knew his word. <clears throat> oh, yes, it's too horrible to say, and we must say it with tears, mourning and grief, weeping. Today in Christendom, we are ripping out more pages out of the Bible and throwing them into the fire than ever before. <clears throat> oh, simply look at the 29 ways that we have documented and preached in holy war of our doctrinal apostasy of our day. Not my word, God's word, but as also fully researched, fully documented, the declension of the belief in the Bible in its inerrancy in this generation to where over 90% now of Christendom are performing just as King Jehoiakim did, ripping pages out of the Bible, burning pages in the fire, imagining that God is going to put the stamp of approval on your heresy. Oh, turn, turn, turn from your sin. Yes, 
Let us learn from the 31 times that God has destroyed his church when Christendom apostatized. You can see it documented in all of history and scripture. Let us learn from that and this 32nd time where we are duplicating the same heresy. Oh, let us turn from that and let us repent and let us adhere to those doctrines that King Jehoiakim ripped out and that we in actuality are ripping out today. Yes, how much more God who is alive he is hyper exceedingly angry at counterfeit Christendom today, ripping pages out of his word and burning them in their apostasy. 90%, as we said, of Christendom falls into that category today. <clears throat> no, and let me hasten to say, I am not a prophet. I am not a prophet. Perish the very thought. I am the lowest of God's servants. I willingly confess that I am the chief of sinners. I am simply God's lowest servant. But for whatever reason, God has commissioned me to tell Christendom Sinning Christendom, 90% sinning Christendom today in the inerrancy of Scripture. This horrible news, this open hypocrisy shall be destroyed. No, I am not a prophet. Couldn't be further from it. But fortunately... Fortunately, it doesn't take a prophet to be able to tell you this. Even a kindergartner in theology knows that if a person willfully violates even one principle of Scripture, damnation is their certain portion. It's impossible to escape. Yes, one principle violated is hell-worthy. How much less 29 of them that are openly practiced today is hell-worthy? Oh, take it to heart. I say it with weeping. Turn, turn, turn back to God. Yes, if Christendom does not repent and turn from their open, obvious, blatant sins of this generation, we will suffer the same doom as King Jehoiakim suffered, for he only lived three months after burning the Bible. His own people killed him and threw him over the wall to the Babylonians, who then cut him into pieces and carved in his skull apostasy and burned, buried him, with the same dignity, they would bury a donkey. Oh, as we enter into 2024, all around us we see the perilous times of Scripture. Perilous times have come. Not just our coming, but perilous times are here, where Satan seems to be loosed for a season, and he has turned everything upside down truth becomes a lie light becomes darkness or perhaps you are one of those in the counterfeit christian churches of our today of today who are engaging in one or more of the 29 different ways christendom is perverting scripture today Oh, I tell you, flee, flee, flee from such a church. They do not have a care for your soul. 
Just like Jehoiakim and Hananiah had no care for the souls of Israel. <clears throat> but perhaps, perhaps there is one saying, I don't know these 29 different ways that Christendom is perverting scripture today, burning God's word, ripping pages out. Joplin, give me one. Oh, then we only have time for one. We'll start then with the one perversion that is the most obvious, the most physical, the most recent, the most gross, the most documented sin, the most in-your-face evil against God, a sin that has especially manifested itself within Christendom during the last seven years. Yes, this is only one of them. God has condemned this sin over 30 times in Scripture as an abomination in his holy sight. An abomination. The sin we are talking about is same-sex marriage, transgenderism, homosexuality have come as a flood in the last seven years. And sadly, today, over 50% of the global Christian church has compromised with these abominations of God and accepted them into their church as some kind of new holiness. No, don't take my word for, look at the plain evidence, and it is growing, growing, growing in. There is no reason to believe unless the Lord prevents that soon it will be 99% of present Christendom. Horrible, horrible thought. But hear the word of God. Take lessons from the 31 times that God has destroyed his own Christian church because, because they abandon his word. Yes, compromising and accepting just these sins as one of the 29 examples in any church automatically means that God has withdrawn his Shekinah glory from that church. Yes, you can have your same-sex marriage. You can have your transgenderism. You can have your homosexuality. But God will be gone. God has departed long ago. God will not tolerate one sin. Yes, we said already, it is growing as a tidal wave in Christendom today. Look around at the documented evidence. Unless the Lord prevents soon, 99% of Christendom will be compromised with not just these abominable errors, but of the 29 errors of the inerrancy of God's word will become reality and you, you will be punished for it. Oh, how we are like King Jehoiakim today. How we are willingly, purposely cutting out pages of the Bible and throwing them into the fire of doctrines that we don't like, that we don't want to follow. Oh, during the first weeks of this new year, we will try to illustrate that again, preaching on each of these 29 doctrinal errors. Illustrating how Christendom is cutting pages out of the Bible today and throwing them into the fire. Oh, with weeping, with mourning, with tears, I tell you, turn, turn, turn back to God, repent. Flee, flee. Flee from such counterfeit Christian churches who preach 
these 29 errors. For God is no longer there. The form is there, but the power of God's righteousness is not with people who rip pages out of the Bible and burn them. Never, never, never. Oh, heed God's message to Christendom in this 2024. The warning through Jeremiah, warning all that who hear, be not like that congressman that we began the sermon with in her open hypocrisy. Do not be like King Jehoiakim. Do not be like the high priest Hananiah. Do not be like Israel's Christendom that God has destroyed 31 times previously and is destroying today for the 32nd time. Oh, do not vainly imagine that you can openly pervert Scripture, openly, willfully commit sin against God, and that he will be pleased with you. Oh, it is the opposite. God will destroy you like he destroyed Jehoiakim, like he destroyed the high priest Hananiah, like he destroyed all counterfeit Christians all 32 times in Scripture and history. Oh, with tears I beg you, if you are a Bible-page-ripping church or a Bible-burning church, flee, flee, flee to the mountain of Jesus Christ. Flee to his word and obey him. Oh, today, if you hear his voice, <clears throat> harden not your hearts. <clears throat> 